Hello and welcome to A History of Hannibal, episode 46. Kumai Getem. Credit goes to listener Michael Pearson on Twitter for the title pun. The best I could think of was something about Kumai, which I still find really funny, but I can't work out if this is because it's good or simply terrible. I expect the latter. That's probably enough about the episode title, so let's get on to looking at history. Well, 215 contained the negotiations between Philip V of Macedon and Hannibal of Carthage, this was of course not the only thing going on in that year. The war continued, and we shall head back to Italy, and see what Hannibal and the companions were doing. The companions wanted to bring all the cities of the region over to Hannibal, and away from Rome. One particular example was the seaport of Cumae. Hannibal wanted a port rather badly. We've seen his many failed attempts to take Naples, and the companions were uncomfortable at pro-Rome settlements remaining so close to them. So they tried to get the Cumaeans to ditch Rome and join the winning team. They did this openly at first, but the Cumaeans politely declined. Next, the companions decided to take a different tact. There was a religious festival the companions all attended, at the town of Hamai, about three miles away from Cumai. They invited the Cumaean Senate along, where they would meet with the Companion Senate and agree to have common enemies and common friends. Yes, there would be a military force at the festival, but this was only so that the Romans and Companions wouldn't intervene. This definitely wasn't a trap. The Cumaeans suspected a trap. They sent a message to the nearby consul Gracchus, who was training his army, saying that the Companion army and senate would be assembled at Hamai. You know, just in case they should feel like coming along to join in the fun. Oh, they would be there. The festival took place at night, but before midnight. So, the day was spent by the companions, and by the Romans, preparing. The legions slept in the evening, so that, by the time night fell, they were ready for battle, while the 14,000 companions were focused on preparing for the celebrations, and setting a trap for the Cumaeans, rather than fortifying the town. Once night fell, the Romans silently began their march, reaching the town after midnight, and the companion soldiers were all going to sleep. The Romans attacked, and achieved a great success, killing 2,000 companions, along with their leader, one Marius Alpheus, and losing less than 100 of their own. Gracchus moved back to Cumae, while Hannibal, currently stationed near Capua, was alerted. Hannibal was aware of how green the army was, and expected them to revel in their victory, rather than do the sensible thing and retreat to a fortified position, such as Cumae. He raced to Hamai, and found no enemy, only dead allies. The survivors pushed him to attack Cumae, but his men had rushed there and didn't have the equipment needed for a siege, only their weapons, 
so Hannibal was forced to withdraw and attack the next day. Appeals were made to the other consul, Fabius, but he was suffering from ill omens and didn't leave his position, leaving Gracchus to fight the siege alone. Gracchus built a siege tower to face Hannibal's siege engines and pelted them with what they could, forcing them back. They then moved to throwing fire, devastating the Carthaginians, and then launched a counter-attack, which was highly successful, forcing Hannibal to lift the siege. Hannibal, clearly, was having no luck at taking a port town. He lost 1,300 troops for his latest efforts, a result compounded by a victory by Tiberius Sempronius Longus against Hanno in Lucania, the region between Brutium and Campania. If you want to consider Brutium the toe of Italy and Calabria the heel, then Lucania can be considered the ball of the foot of Italy or the sole of the foot of Italy, both of which are rather long names, which is probably why they never caught on. I'll put a map on the website. Anyway, you'll recall from two episodes ago the progress being made by the companions in Brutium. We looked in particular at the plight of Petelia. They were beginning to push further north in Lucania, but the man who had been so soundly defeated at the Trebia was able to claim a victory in this bout losing only 280 men to the 2,000 Hanno lost. Hanno was forced to pull back into Brutium, though he did receive a bit of a bonus there when Bamilcar arrived from Carthage with the reinforcements promised back in 216, in episode 42. Appius Claudius, who was in Sicily, tried to intercept the troops, but failed at getting to Locri before Bamilcar. Finally, Fabius finished with his religious appeasement and could get his army moving, quickly taking three towns who were defected to the Carthaginians. He then moved his camp to between Hannibal, who was based at Tifata, and Capua. Marcellus was also busy. He wasn't deployed to Sicily just yet. I apologise for getting events slightly muddled up. He goes in 214, but not 215. Right now, he was with the Campanian army, and was tasked by Fabius with the duty of garrisoning the important town of Nola. Marcellus launched raiding parties against the Herpini and Samnites of Claudium. It was a campaign which reminded the Samnites of the brutality of the Samnite Wars a good hundred years previously. They sent appeals to Hannibal, and complained of the brutal raids. They had always been enemies of Rome, and were thrilled to have joined Hannibal, so it was quite jarring to be facing the Roman raids. Hannibal should help them. He had won great victories, such as Cannae, so he should be able to dispel some raiders. It was almost as if the Romans had won at Cannae. This speech did not please Hannibal. Just what were they doing, complaining about attackers, asking him for help, and complaining about the lack of Carthaginian help, all in one go? These were things to be done separately. As for garrisoning their settlements, this would cause more problems than it would solve. 
He needed to keep his army together to raid enemy towns. His men needed spoils. This would keep the Romans on their toes. Hannibal would maintain the initiative, something he needed if his plans of a victory which would eclipse Cannae were to be accomplished. This episode makes clear the limited resources of the Carthaginian general. We are into the fourth year of the war, and Hannibal is not able to garrison his allies and maintain a fighting army. The Romans are suffering too, but they are able to garrison much more of their land and maintain an army. This is why Hiero of Syracuse sided with the Romans all those years ago. Italy had huge potential manpower and resources. It would serve them well over the years. Aware that this was not the best way to make friends, Hannibal did give the Samnites presents, though I'm sure this would have been a severe disappointment. Hannibal wasn't going to do nothing, besides giving out presents. Hanno headed north to Campania with the new reinforcements, and together with Hannibal, they were going to make a move on Marcellus in Nola, who, the Samnites had told him, was being highly reckless. Just how Hannibal liked them. Once he was on the scene, Hannibal quickly found out from witnesses that Marcellus had not been reckless at all, but incredibly cautious, with as much effort put into not making a mistake as though he had actually been fighting Hannibal himself. Hanno rode up to the town and asked to speak with some senators. He told the Nolan senators that they were best off defecting. Hannibal had trounced two consuls at Cannae. Just what was a praetor going to do? Hannibal was going to take the town one way or another. He was going to get them one day. Just like he had taken Capua, it was coming. It was their choice whether it be through peaceful terms or through force. The Carthaginians would be better friends than the Romans had ever been. The senators responded to this uh, offer by saying they had been friends of Rome for years and they had never done them wrong or deserted them. They had already picked their side. To paraphrase a line which would later be said by Julius Caesar, the die was cast. This conversation made Hannibal convinced that he could not make a deal with Nola. He surrounded the town and got ready for the attack. He attacked all sides at once, and Marcellus made a sortie from the main gate. More and more troops got sucked in, and it looked set to be one of the great battles of the war. But a storm blew in and cut the violence short. They were both desperate for a fight and a battle was fought outside of Nola the very next day. Marcellus thanked the Nolans for their support, but kept them as a reserve. They were not to join in unless Marcellus ordered them to. The two commanders rallied their troops, and the battle began. The Romans fought hard and pushed the companions back, routing them and killing over 5,000, losing less than 1,000 of their own. Livy blames the defeat squarely on the lack of heart of the Carthaginians, that they had been softened by their winter in Capua. Though I've already spent a 
reasonable amount of time explaining why Livy does this. So, if not for declining quality, just why were the Carthaginians so soundly beaten? To me, at least, the answer seems obvious, and I hope you agree with my assessment. Think back to all the great victories Hannibal has achieved so far. The Trebia, Trasimene, and Cannae. All three involved careful planning and traps. This contained none. In the previous battles, where it was simple and no ambushes, the Romans fared much better than the Carthaginians. The success against the Carthaginian centre at Cannae shows how much better the Roman soldiers were. It was Hannibal's genius which was able to turn that weakness into a victory. At the Trebia, the central core of the Roman army had been able to break right through the Carthaginian line. Simply, when Hannibal did not have any tricks, as he did not hear, the Romans usually got the better of the Carthaginians. That would explain this victory without needing to go to stories of debauched Carthaginians. I warn you, this is just my pondering, so I hope you agree with me, but feel free to take a different opinion if you wish. The day after saw an unspoken truce as both sides buried their dead, and Marcellus burned the spoils in an offering to Vulcan, the god's blacksmith, who lived in Mount Etna. Three days later, a group of 272 Spanish and Numidian cavalry defected to Rome. They would serve Rome well over the years. Hannibal sent Hanno back to Brutium, while he moved to Apulia to set up his winter quarters. Fabius used this opportunity to garrison Nola and Naples with enough men and resources to see them through the winter, while he led a force to ravage the Campanian farmland. He then left to allow the soil to be sown. Then he set his base for the winter near Suasula. He ordered Marcellus to move much of his garrison and leave with them to Rome, as so not to burden their allies through the winter. Gracchus followed Hannibal to Apulia, while the praetor Valerius, whom you'll recall had been commanding affairs in Apulia, was moved to Brundisium to defend the coast from Philip. The state began to borrow from private individuals, following a plea for more resources from the Scipio brothers, but we'll deal with that more when we return to Spain. Hanno, now back in Brutium, worked on defeating the Greek communities who had remained loyal to Rome. They successfully brought Locri over to their side, but the effort required forced them to drop the siege of Regium and saw them move away from the Straits of Messana. The Brutian soldiers, who had thought they would sack Locri and Regium, were bitterly disappointed and chose to attack Croton, who I think had already sided with Hannibal but appeared to have flipped back over to Rome. The population in many of these towns was heavily divided as to where their best interests lay, so flip-flopping isn't that surprising. The city was too well defended to be stormed, so eventually a peace was negotiated which saw the Crontonians settle in Locri. And with that, the year ended. Skirmishes continued through the winter, 
but after an incredibly long 216 BC, 215 has proved rather short, and we are about to enter 214, but that will have to wait until next week. If you've enjoyed the show, check us out in all the usual places online, thehistoryofpodcast.blogspot.com, facebook.com forward slash thehistoryofpodcast, twitter.com forward slash thehistoryofpod, youtube.com forward slash thehistoryofpodcast, and thehistoryofpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, I'll see you next week, when we enter the world of 214.